This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 2nd, 2019, our special Consecration Sunday service with a message entitled Greater, given by Bishop Peggy Johnson. Good morning, Connection Church. And a special shout out to all you joining us online this morning. I'm Alan Jones. I am one of the pastors here along with my wife, Carrie, here at Connection Church. It's my privilege to introduce our speaker for the morning, Bishop Peggy Johnson. Bishop Johnson, uh, she started her career, life, (laughs) in the Baltimore-Washington Conference, the United Methodist Church. We've had the privilege of her as our bishop, 11, now going on 12, sorry to say, final year here with us. 12 is the maximum that a bishop can serve in any one location. She told you that how she got into ministry. She didn't tell you, though, that um, on June 13th, she will be celebrating 40 years in ministry. 40 years. And her childhood dream was to marry a pastor, which she said she did. Her husband, Michael, is an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church and wish he could be here today, but he's a little bit under the weather, and so he's unable to join us. You know, we have been privileged because, uh, as Carrie had shared, Bishop Johnson has, um, has not only kept Carrie and me here, but she's been so supportive and encouraging and just uh, lifting up on, on all that we've, we've done here. You know, we don't always, um, we sometimes call things different. We don't exactly do it the way everybody else does. We had a district superintendent a few years ago. We were getting ready for our uh, annual meeting, and he said, he called something, whatever it was, by the book of discipline, and said, or whatever you guys call it, you know, because we have different names and everything just because that's who we are, but it's not what it's called, it's what we do with it, right? And she's just been supportive of what we do in the name of Jesus Christ. And so it's my privilege to introduce our speaker, Peggy, Bishop Peggy Johnson. Good morning, church. What a joy to be with you. And I understand you have some people out there in cyberspace. This thing is being sent out into the world. Wow, what a technology heaven you are. (laughs) So hi, (laughs) y'all. I've never been on TV before. I love it. (laughs) And look at this. I'm wearing pants. Pants. I've never worn pants in church in my entire life. Take a picture, no. show my mother. No, anyway, it's just a joy to be at this church that does things a little different, but that's okay. This is what church is all about. I just can't tell you what joy fills my heart today. And a great big, big thank you to Carrie and Alan for the ministry they have done that has surpassed any pastors in this conference. One in 10 new church starts fail, I mean, makes it, and nine fail, okay? You're one of the one that made it. <laughs> and they had a lot to do with it. <laughs> wow. What a great, great work. And then, of course, we just love your superintendent, Reverend Joe Archie. And he's also in pants. Well, he's in pants all the time. But he, <laughs> let me get this right. He's in jeans, okay? <laughs> Which is, a, I've never seen it. My eyes just popped open when I saw him in jeans. But certainly he is uh, really keeping a close eye on this church because he's the district 
supervisor, and I go, I'm the overseer of all these uh, eight districts, two conferences, 800 churches, but he's there on the front lines keeping me informed, and I thank his leadership so much as well. And I knew that they all would say, it's all about you, lay people, people who are working on staff here, servants of God, all of you. You're making this church the firehouse for the salvation for this world. So thank you. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to see what happens next. But I'm here to preach, so I better get busy here because you might have other things you want to do today. And I would like to begin with the word of the Lord taken from John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. I call this Jesus' greatest hits. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, God, we thank you for your word. It is indeed manna for our souls, bread from heaven, feed us till we want no more, and then send us out from this place and feed your hungry world. And now in spite of me or through me, speak your word to your people. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I've been saying, you, Connection Church, are great. You have these two great pastors. You got this brand new church building. That that this church that has survived all kinds of challenges doing this building project, and you've been very faithful financially, and you've just kept at it and kept at it until we're here today. You continue to grow in numbers and also in Christian faithfulness. You know, once you're saved, that's the first step. But faithfulness and growing in grace and in the character of Jesus is the continual process. You also have some vital worship here. I mean, it's so exciting. You want to clap your hands and tap your toe. It's, you can feel the spirit of God in this place, and that draws people to God. And you preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. People get saved here, and I'm sorry to say a lot of churches don't even mention Jesus Christ as salvation, but that's the purpose of church, to have people come into a saving relationship with our Lord. And then, of course, going on to perfection and growing in grace as you study God's word and do the works of Christ. And you then go out and do the works of Christ. You engage in ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I went on your website. You have a great website, by the way. And you're doing all kinds of stuff. AA groups, NA groups, Alanine groups, food ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry, discipleship work, peach festival. i got to go to the peach festival. <laughs> I've never been to a peach festival. But I, I do know you have peaches in Delaware. So um, invite me to that. And missions all over the area. And even as far away as India. Wow. Great, great mission work. So you are great. But today's text is saying that God is casting a vision for you to do greater things. Greater things. Jesus told his disciples that they would do greater works than he did. Now you're thinking, what? Jesus was kind of the top guy, right? He healed the sick just like that. He raised dead people. Have you just seen that lately? Um, he walked on water. He calmed a storm. 
He let, fed 5,000 people just from a little tiny lunch. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. And he's saying we can do greater works? Wow. But Jesus is in his last stages of ministry. This is John 14. He's getting close to Calvary when he talks very intimately to his disciples. And he promises them, these, these weak people that he just chose, just very uh, humble men, he promised them that they're going to do greater works. And Jesus is here today in this church, and he's promising you the same thing. Greater works, greater works. So what does greater works mean? Well, it means more outreach into a hurting world. Jesus came to help a hurting world. He didn't just stay in the synagogue. He was out there, and that's what greater means. I know you know the song, God of the City. I love that song. That song is just really a song that you can't help but love the minute you hear it because it, it talks about God's great heart for the city. And Chris Tomlin, a famous Christian singer, has made this song very famous, and he's toured the whole world singing this song in the greatest, biggest, most troubled cities in this planet. But you may or may not know that he didn't write the song. He made it famous because he's very good, but he didn't write the song. It was written by a man named Aaron Boyd, and Aaron gave Chris permission to use the song in his concerts. But this Aaron Boyd was also from a Christian rock group, and the group was called Blue Tree, and they came from North Ireland, you know, a place that had seen a lot of trouble. But the song was not born in Ireland. It was actually born while they were in tour on Thailand. And in Thailand, the city of Bangkok is known as the sex trade capital of the world. More human trafficking, more sex trafficking happens in Bangkok than any place in the world. And they took this song not to some little church to sing. They took this song straight into this very infamous bar known as the Climax. And they sang this song for two hours without stopping and called people to give up the sex trade and to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And over a 1,000 people got saved that night because of that song, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. What a great work that was. And that's the kind of stuff Jesus wants us to do. Get out into the world where it is the most evil, the most injustice, the most oppression, and do something about it in the name of Jesus. Bring Jesus to people who are suffering. And you don't have to go to Bangkok. There's people in Middletown, Odessa, Townsend. There's people right in your neighborhood that are suffering, that are hurting. You have the chance to bring Jesus and his healing powers into places of just severe pain. The opioid addictions are horrible. We've lost so many people for opioid and fentanyl addictions. Prison ministry, what an enormous task that is. And it's not just about going into prisons and teaching and preaching. It's about reintegrating people who have come out of prison even sex offenders, back into the life of the church and the world. Domestic violence. Tons of that's going on. A lot of it's kept secret. But we can touch that. We can help people get out of those terrible situations. Human trafficking. You're near Route 95. That's the car door. That's where it happens. People are being hustled up 995 and put into horrible places and treated like dirt. We can do something about that. Homelessness, it's here, it's here in Delaware. And there's people with disabilities that we need to continue to minister to. 
the early service, we had a sign language interpreter, and I know you've been known to have ministry with people who are deaf. And for 20 years, I worked with deaf people myself in a deaf church, which was really cool because nobody could hear, <laughs> and I could not talk. <laughs> it was kind of cool. I just used my hands. So if you had laryngitis, didn't matter. But for sure, uh, disability ministry is precious. And a lot of folks with disabilities can't get into churches. And you've got a perfectly flat building. <laughs> so bring them in. Roll the wheelchairs in here. And then go out into the world where people are stuck in really bad group homes and bad situations. But most importantly, empower people with disabilities to be in ministry with you as co-heirs to salvation. Because people with disabilities are gifted for ministry, just like we all are, uniquely gifted so greater works can be done as you are anywhere there's brokenness and hurt in this world and do something about it in the name of Jesus. And how do we do all this? We do it through the power of prayer. It's right here in the book. Jesus said you got to pray. I pray in my name. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Now, Jesus is not a genie. You don't rub a genie and say something and you get three wishes. And sometimes people pray for things that aren't exactly what is in the will of God. Like, just don't say, God, give me a Mercedes, you know. And, and if you're a student, don't say, oh, God, help me pass this test. I didn't study last night, but please help me pass the test, dear God. That's not what it means to pray in Jesus' name, okay? When you're praying in Jesus' name, his name is holy. It's other. His name is righteous and goodness, which means you're praying in accordance with God's will. And you're trusting that God's going to answer, even if it's not the answer you want. Because sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says maybe. Sometimes God says wait. And I hate that one the most, because I want everything right now. I don't know about you. But you got to trust, when you pray in Jesus' name, that the answer is what God had in mind, even if it's not what you wanted, for God's greater purpose. And that's why we're here, right? To serve the greater purpose, even if it's not what our heart would want. But we want to be in alignment with God's will so much that we're willing to suffer and wait or not have our prayer answered the way we humanly wanted, knowing the greater purpose of God's kingdom is, is most important. And I'd just like to share a story in my life. It's, just, it's a small example of praying in Jesus' name for me. Uh, as a child, I loved music. I sang in church choirs from the time I was a three years old. We were always doing music, playing piano. I got to high school. I was in the concert choir. I was in all the plays. I was in the band. I was going to be a music teacher. I was going to go to college and teach elementary vocal music. I was going to play organ at the church, and I was going to marry a minister. And I actually did marry a minister, <laughs> but God laughed, okay? God laughs when you make plans sometimes, even if it's something you think you really would be good at, because I really could sing, and I could play the piano, but... I remember when I got to college, there was a concert choir. The best singers were chosen by the choir master to be in the concert choir. And the first year as a freshman, I did not make the cut because I was just a freshman. And you know, freshmen usually didn't get in the concert choir. Well, the second year, I was ready to go. I was sure I would make the concert choir because I was you know, one year of training in vocal leases, and I thought I'd really be good. And the most important reason to be in the choir that year was that they were planning to go to Europe that summer to sing in the cathedrals of Europe. 
And not only just sing in the cathedrals, but they were also going to be performing the Vaughan Williams Mass in G minor. Now, if you don't know what that's about, that was what my high school sang when I was in high school concert choir. So I already knew the Mass in G. I was going to go to Europe, and I was going to sing Mass in G, and it would be so wonderful. So I tried out. I tried my very best. And the next morning, there was a list of who made the choir posted on the war. And I went to the door, and I looked. And I wasn't there. And I said, God, I prayed. I prayed I'd get into the choir. And I even looked twice to make sure I didn't miss it the first time because I was sure I would be in the choir. And I was so heartbroken. I, I could cry over that. I was so upset. And I couldn't understand why God wouldn't let me in the choir. Well, that summer, I ended up going to work at a camp just as a camp counselor because I had to get a job. I'd do something. I wasn't going to Europe. And so I ended up at this camp up there in Northeast called Sandy Cove. Have you ever heard of that? They used to have children's camps back in the day when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> and I was director, I was one of the youth directors of a camp for the kids. And oh my gosh, that whole summer I learned how to do camp. I didn't know anything about camp, but I did know about kids. And I did have an incredible time learning from really expert people there how to run camp. And the whole time I was there, I kept hearing these little whispers of God saying, I want you to do ministry. I want you to do something in the church. And I'd go, but God, I want to be a music teacher. I want to marry a preacher. I want to do this. I want to do that. But that little nudge kept at it and kept at it. And long story short is that I became a minister, not a music teacher. And I ended up running camp for 20 years. <laughs> And that experience that I got that summer, the summer I didn't get to go to Europe, that was the answer to that prayer. I prayed in Jesus' name, and that meant I needed to be willing to accept that which I didn't want. Because God wanted me all along to be a preacher and run camp. And this summer, folks, I'm going to Camp Recombeth, and I'm running a camp again for the third year. Even as a bishop, you can run camp. Because <laughs> I love camp. <laughs> And I thank God that I didn't go to Europe. And maybe you have something in your life like that too, where you're just sure God wants you to have something or do something or God's going to heal this or fix that or, or give me this money. or you know, There's a lot of things we pray. But if we pray in Jesus' name, we pray in Jesus' name, we're asking for God's greater gift. And sometimes we won't get to see the difference for 20 more years. But we trust and faith believing that God's got this. And God's going to use us for his glory, which is the last thing to say. When we pray in Jesus' name, God gets the glory, and then eventually you have the joy, the joy of the Lord, which is indeed your strength. And so I thank God for your wonderful church. I thank God for your wonderful pastors. And I thank God for this greater work that God's about to do at Connection Church. Let us pray. Gracious God, I thank you for these mighty servants of God sitting here. I pray you pour a double portion of your spirit on them now that they might do greater works in your name and that they will give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life 
Heal First.